win the mind, win the world. The entire world that we experience is through the mind. Whatever actions we do is through the mind. Therefore, as our mind, so is our experience of the world. And as our mind, so are our thoughts, our actions, and its consequent results. If the mind is miserable, everything appears to be miserable. Even something beautiful gives us a sense of repulsion or even sorrow. If we want in this world to live a life of productivity and through the experiences of the world remain happy, it is only one who masters the mind, masters the world. Masters the world means that such a person is not a slave to the happenings of the world, nor is bound and dependent on things and beings of the world for their happiness. A person once told me, I'm already happy and certain circumstances I can handle. Then why do I study the science of spirituality? Why do I study Vedanta? And I just asked the person the question that at this moment, everything is the way you want it to be. But even if one of those wants are not fulfilled, any of your children are unwell, your business suffers, see what happens to you. He said, please don't say it. Because if you say something, you Swami say something, it will happen. I said, see, even the thought of losing something. When our happiness is dependent on the world, which is conjured up by our mind, that I can be happy only if I have certain things or under certain circumstances then such a person cannot always be happy. So as our mind, so is our world. So also it's our actions, how we react to those actions, we experience joy and sorrow. Therefore, one who does his or her action, which means their bounden duties without attachment, which means without the sense that I am the one who has done it and the result is only for me and my happiness and thus fear of failure, 
various anxieties to get the result. And when that selfishness comes in, the mind gets agitated, reacts. How to master this mind that when we keep our minds steady on our duties without attachment to the fruits, anxieties for the fruits, then this mind, when it is steady on its duties and not wavering, develops single-pointedness. When we do it without anxieties for the results, this mind becomes calm and becomes free of its dependence on the things and beings and situations of the world. Such a calm and single-pointed mind is what you call as a meditative mind. Meditation has become a buzzword. But the way it has been explained in the Bhagavad Gita with all its details on how this mind can be tuned up. This mind is a powerful equipment. It can make our life and it can destroy our life. And therefore, a calm, pure, single-pointed mind is such a powerful equipment. And single-pointedness we will understand just as the scattered rays of the sun can give us light and can also give us certain amount of warmth, yet the light radiating from that power source of energy where every inch is a nuclear explosion cannot burn even a piece of paper. But when through a convex lens, a magnifying glass, those rays of the sun converge to a point, you can experience the power of the rays only from that one convex lens. Same way, this mind is a powerful equipment, but when due to various desires, agitations, uh, confusions, the mind becomes scattered. This mind, which can achieve magnificence, this mind gets totally dissipated, its thoughts dissipated, and we are not able to even actualize our goals, even benefit or even enjoy our goals. And the anxieties and disappointments that come along with it. We are not able to keep this mind balanced. But all the instructions that Krishna has given so far is to point out to us how to keep this mind 
steady, single-pointed, and how not to react, but to act. And how to be present in the moment now. This is meditation. But the mind takes up the form of whatever it thinks consistently. It actualizes it. It manifests it. And if we want to manifest beauty, happiness, magnificence, splendor in our life, then what we meditate upon is very important. Brood over negativities, all we experience is sorrow, evil, and negativities around us. Think consistently, positively, with the right values, and the mind changes its texture. And when this mind thinks of itself to be finite and limited, and we begin to think because we are at this moment identified with the mind and we are what our mind is. If our mind is happy, we are happy. If our mind is sorrowful, we are sorrowful. If our mind is agitated, we have lost our peace. As our mind, so we are. And therefore, where do we place our mind? That steady, consistent flow of thoughts towards a greater ideal and towards the truth is called as meditation. And how to get this meditative mind and how that as our mind, so we become. In the sixth and the eighth chapter, Krishna points out this art of meditation, the power of meditation, and how it can be easily, the mind can be tuned up. Bhagwan gives a very simple instruction, which is actually the very underlining crux of Krishna's instructions. In the eighth chapter, Bhagwan even points out to Arjuna that even at the time of death, when the physical body we are giving up is an intense moment of thought and a lot of it is dissipated in anxieties, worries, fears. In fact, whatever we think right now, the next moment we become that. If I have miserable thoughts right now, next moment I am miserable because the next moment 
is a continuation of my previous thought. And therefore also, how we can take, not only when this body ends, a better birth or attain a better world of experience, if we understand as our Gurudev used to emphasize that in the seat of meditation, not when we die alone, not at the time of death when the mind is full of anxiety, but a meditator who has practiced making his mind calm and single-pointed and learning to direct the mind's thoughts single-pointed, consistent, with steadiness, that mind can transform anything. And therefore, when we recognize this power of consistent, single-pointed thinking, we understand the power of meditation. We think about the finite, we are conditioned by the finite. We think about the infinite, the mind revels in it. And therefore, Bhagavan Krishna says, Tasmat sarveshu kaleshu mamanusmara yudhyacha mayar pitamano buddhihi mame vaishasya samshayam. Bhagavan says, Tasmat, therefore, Arjuna, it is important to Keep your mind on me. And when Krishna uses the word me, in the seventh chapter, we have the complete explanation of who is the cause of the world, the ultimate cause of the world. What and from where has this universe come? And who am I? When we have this clear knowledge that everything has manifested from that one cause and that one from which everything has manifested is infinite. And Nothing or no one has any existence beyond that truth, that cause, that sat, that existence. People have a lot of belief in the word God. But what the wise have discovered that this entire universe is there, there has to be a cause, an existent cause from which this entire universe manifests. 
And this universe with all its wonderful laws and rhythms, to understand it, we require intelligence. And for intelligence, we have to be a conscious being. That cause of the universe, that conscious intelligence behind the universe, that create this magnificent universe to understand even its simple law takes centuries and many, many minds to understand it or intellects to understand it. And that infinite is from which everything in the universe has manifested and therefore Everything in this universe is divine only. And even our true nature is that infinite alone. And when Sri Krishna speaks of me, the self, with the knowledge that we have, it is that infinite cause and when that infinite consciousness functions through an individual, it is the jiva, the individual experiencer, perceiver, feeler, thinker, functioning through this body, mind and intellect, experiencing the world of objects, emotions and thoughts. When that same consciousness functions through the total mind and intellect, that is called as Ishwara and in English we use the common term God. But even if we understand as the totality, remembering that tasmat sarveshu kaleshu maam anusmara yudhyacha. Bhagwan's instruction is remembering me, the totality Ishwara. And in remembrance of the totality, you understand the mighty power that lies behind the universe, the love that lies behind the universe. And what is not possible, even when you have teamwork and you have the unanimous agreement to act in a team, then you see the power of what is achieved. So same way, Tasmat Sarveshu Kaleshu, everything we have received from the totality, from Ishwara. And when you know that his laws are that which govern the universe, remembering that, become free of all anxiety. Have a focus, also this aimlessness. That if you have this feeling that I am working for the Lord of the universe who has given me everything, 
And all we have to do that is remember. Remember what we have, we acknowledge with gratitude. And what we acknowledge we have, we can make use of it. Maam Anusmara. If you know the greatness of the Lord and remembering the Lord when you act. And he says, Yudhyacha. In Arjuna's case, his Swadharma, his duty as a warrior is to fight. But Yudhyacha, act in this world according to your Swadharma, according to your role, according to your identity right now, whatever responsibilities come to us, you do that action. Don't escape from the action, but do your action remembering me. Thus, our mind becomes single-pointed and steady. And when you are thinking about the vast, the totality, the infinite, that mind, mayarpita mano buddhihi. When your mind is surrendered to that and your intellect is in awe of the infinite, where the mind and intellect integrate together and together are contemplating, remembering the infinite at all times. In midst of all the duties that we do, Bhagwan says, Maam Eva Eshasi Asamshayam. You shall attain me the infinite. As you think, so you become. And here, becoming is being ourselves because our essence is infinite. Therefore, it is said that that Lord lies within your heart in simple words. But everywhere, if in all our actions we see His grace and in all our experiences we witness His love, our mind, when it is free of the thoughts of the finite and limited, which means free from anxieties, worries, frustrations, etc., that mind is on the Lord and becomes one with the Lord, one with the infinite. Bhagwan says that. But we still worry that if our mind is constantly on the Lord, then we do have our duties, we have to look after our livelihood, we have to preserve what we have. And Bhagwan, in this beautiful verse, points out to us, not so much as an instruction, but more as a truth or a reality. And he says, and it is supposed to be the very heart 
of the Bhagavad Gita, which is supposed to be the heart of the Mahabharata, the very battles of our life experiences and experiences. So Bhagwan says, Ananyas chintayantomam ye janav paryupasate tesham nityabhiyuktanam yogakshemam vahamyaham. Bhagwan says, Ananyaha chintayantaha ye janaha. Those people, ye janaha. Ananyas Chintayantaha, who constantly, continuously thinks about me and me, the truth, the reality, the infinite, the giver of the universe. And Ananya, this word is so beautiful. Anya means other, with no sense of otherness. Recognizing that Lord to be the very essence in your heart as your self. Ananya also with no other, not wavering mind, steady mind, one who paryupasate. To put in simple words, as Gurudev says, two things, single-pointedness of mind as well as readiness and sincerity in application. Whether it's through our service, whether it's through our worship or whether it is to a constant remembrance or it is through our various sadhanas or meditation. Paryupasate. Tesham Nityabhi Yuktanam. Such a person whose mind and intellect is in me and has become steady in me, united with me. Yoga Kshemam Vahamyaham. Bhagwan says, as Ishwara, the Lord of the universe, what that person needs as well as what that person needs to preserve. Bhagwan says, I will not just give, I will bring it to that person. And here is where we have to reflect in our lives. That whenever there were difficulties and sorrows, when we felt helpless and we could see no silver lining, no hope, and when you thought that everything is probably lost, somewhere, almost like a miracle, you find that help comes. The grace of the Lord descends. The only sad part is that with the wonders that have happened in our life, we forget that for Maam Anusmara Yudhyacha, the previous verse Bhagwan said, you face 
the battles of your life, but remembering me. And may we never ever forget that whatever we have is the Lord's gift to us. What we do with it is our love offering to the Lord. And when this mutual expression of love takes place, our mind remains in the Lord. Anyway, everything for everybody is provided by the Lord's nature. Will not that Lord provide for that one who is constantly thinking of the Lord and also acting for his sake? What we need in life will come to us. What we desire, we become anxious about. Bhagwan says, Yogak Shemam Vaham Yaham. And today, you can think those incidents in your life when you thought nothing would happen, someone, some opportunity, some grace, some even idea, some innovativeness, creativity just flashes in our mind. From where does it come? Ask yourself. And therefore, worry not about what will happen in life. Keep your mind on the truth. Everything else is already beautiful and wonderful. Begin to discover that blessing, that grace, and stop worrying. Thank you for tuning in to this episode by the Chinmaya Mission. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing. If you're looking for exceptional and detailed content on the Bhagavad Gita and how Lord Krishna's advice to Arjuna is relevant to the hurdles you face today, or understanding your mind, or explanations on Hindu scriptures in easy-to-understand English, the Chinmaya Mission YouTube channel is the place to be. All links are in the description.